And so when I learned about autistic burnout, I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe I don't need to blame myself for everything and understand that my needs or maybe my capacity for, you know, doing all these things in my life is just different. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Alex. Hello, and I'm Carly. Welcome to the Special Interest Podcast. We thank you for being here today. And today we have Monica on with us. Welcome, Monica. Hi, Alex and Carly. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited to be here. How are you today? Love you. Sorry. I'm doing (laughs) great. Yeah. No, it's fine. I'm doing great. You know, it's uh, a Friday kind of getting into weekend mode. So I think this is like a nice transition for that today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for once again being here and sharing this time with us. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Yeah, I'll try to kind of condense it because, you know, I I feel like everyone says like, hey, it's like a long journey because it's, you know, how do you kind of condense your whole life? But uh, (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, as far as being autistic, I didn't discover that until a couple years ago. Um, And it just kind of, you know, when I did, similar to a lot of other people's experiences, my whole life just made sense. Like, I felt like there was just this, like, missing, if I could just figure out that one, that one thing, you know, that could help me, then, you know, I would really just, like, my life would be so different. So when I finally did, it was just life-changing, you know? Um, and the way that kind of came about was I read an article on masking and just, like, um, autistic women or or people that are assigned female at birth, um, how they experienced uh, masking and autism. And I hadn't really heard about this term before. And so I kind of looked more into it. And my first thought was, oh, my gosh, like, not everyone experiences this, you know, like, this isn't everyone's, you know, yeah, I, I think, you know, people do mask to an extent, but I could really relate to a lot of the, you know, the social aspects, you know, masking sensory challenges, masking, you know, meltdowns at home, things like that. And yeah, it just all kind of made sense. And, you know, from that point, I just really dived in and, you know, really wanted to learn all about it so that I could um, support myself finally. And, uh, you know, interesting thing is I, um, had been working with specifically with autistic people for about, you know, eight years before that point. And, um, I just never saw it in myself, you know, and, you know, I think that's a really interesting point, but it just goes to show how varied the spectrum can be and how masking can really affect your own and other people's ability to really understand your autistic experience. So, yeah, I mean that's kind of where I am now. I'm I'm you know, I left my previous career and um started this 
my coaching and consultation business. And I just really want to help other autistic people, other autistic adults or people who, um, you know, have an autistic person in their life, kind of giving that support. So that's what I'm doing now. And I do a lot of advocacy work as well, you know, speaking at conferences or, you know, uh, with uh, clinicians, things like that. So yeah, it's my journey so far. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Um, kind of like starting out, reflecting on your, you know, how you got to where you are today. What would you say was like a big stepping stone for you? Maybe even like the first stepping stone, if you can recall. Um, hmm. That's a good question. I'll try to answer based on my understanding of it. <laughs> I might need some clarification, but sure. um, I think really what it took to go from, hey, I'm just discovering this about myself and I feel pretty confused. You know, there's some grieving going on. It's like a mixed bag of emotions, you know, and I'm you two have talked about that experience yeah. a lot, but it's like a, a really mixed bag of emotions that there's really no other choice but to dive into it. You know, like that's kind of the the way through it is to kind of get in there and, you know, go through all of these pieces, get more information, you know. And what really what it really took was me learning to value and accept myself, which is easy to say, but it's its own journey in itself, you know, um, to be able to say, hey, you know what, I am autistic. Like, first of all, there's nothing I can do to not make that my, my reality, right? And I'm not saying it's like, oh, this is like the worst thing. It's not, but it's it can be hard to accept. So I think, you know, the first step was just kind of giving myself the space to be autistic and giving myself the space to not know the answers and be okay with that. <laughs> and just, you know, I, and I'm not sure if I answered your question. <laughs> you completely did. Absolutely. Yeah. Just kind of like reflecting on, you know, just starting out, like, especially you hit on, you know, like the grief that we experience when we first learn. And it almost feels like, um, like loss at first, but also like so much growth at the same time. So yeah, thank you. You want to talk about autistic burnout. And I know that many of us who are late diagnosed had experienced autistic burnout and kind of that's what led to our diagnosis or discovery. Could you talk about your experience with that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, autistic burnout is something I really just like to talk about. I think it's a relatively new topic um, because we're just kind of now discovering, hey, it's maybe it's not depression or anxiety or kind of these other diagnoses that uh, a lot of people, you know, um, receive just not accurate diagnoses. And I think it's giving a lot of answers. So, you know, I really love to talk about it and my own personal experience with autistic burnout has been, you know, it's something that I've um, gone through since I was a teenager, just kind of this up and down cycle that I couldn't, you know, I 
didn't understand. And I just always thought, hey, I'm just, I just get like really depressed and just too tired to do anything. You know, I remember going through like, you know, as a teenager, it kind of manifested as, you know, I would be like really involved and, you know, these clubs or hanging out with my friends. And then I would just kind of crash and be way too tired. I really started struggling in school. I just didn't have the energy or resources. And then it would just kind of go back up again and then back down and then, you know, and then meltdowns mixed in there. And um, as an adult, I think there was a lot more of a larger effect because, um, you know, it affected my long-term relationships. It affected uh, my jobs. Um, I just really, I think my experience with it was like a lot of other people's where you just don't know what's going on and you're just like, Hey, I'm just like so tired. I, you know, I was able to do this last week and now for some reason I'm like, really just can't do anything. My sensory issues are all over the place. And um, I think, you know, at the time that I discovered I was autistic, I was kind of at the height of my career. I was in like this high position and uh, for this company and I was working a lot and stressed. And at the same time, I had some personal stuff going on in my relationship and it was just really a lot really a lot. <laughs> um, and I crashed really hard and I was still trying to maintain those other aspects of my life. And I couldn't, you know, my relationship fell apart, which in hindsight turned out to be a really positive thing in my life. And I was fired for my job because I just, as hard as I tried, I, I couldn't. And that was really devastating. Um, and I think when I didn't understand that it was burnout, I blamed myself a lot. I blamed myself. Like I need to try harder. I just like, I need to like get a routine and I need to like make this list because tomorrow I'm just going to like do all this stuff. But you know, but I just, cause, cause I'm not trying hard enough. And so when I learned about autistic burnout, I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe I don't need to blame myself for everything. And understand that my needs or maybe my capacity for, you know, doing all these things in my life is just different. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, started learning more about it. There's this really great resource I like by the Autistic uh, Women and Non-Binary Network. They have, like, a visual. Yeah, uh, maybe you're familiar with it, but they have this visual that has, like, um, like the signs, the causes, and then, um, you know, strategies for prevention and recovery. So I started using that a lot. And uh, that's something that I would say 90% of the people, you know, my clients, um, they come to me with just basically like, hey, I'm burnt out, or I, I can't figure out this cycle in my life. And we kind of figure that out together, you know, kind of make an action plan for it. And that's kind of what I did for myself too, um, to, and it's an ongoing thing, you know, it's, it's not like, Oh, Hey, I figured it out. And 
now I'm all better and I can just, you know, be autistic and do everything. Um, it's a, it's a constant like discovery journey too, you know, to like, cause you know, we change life changes, there's different circumstances and, um, yeah, it's just kind of learning to be okay with that and kind of learning, Hey, how can I take care of myself? And it's good for me to take care of myself. I shouldn't push myself to the edge, even though I'm tempted to a lot. Um, yeah, you know, that's kind of just been my journey. And, you know, that's why I really love to talk about it because I think a lot of people really need support in that area. And um, especially like concrete steps, like how do I get out of this? How do I prevent it? And, you know, that's really where I try to provide support. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Sorry, my brain is like... <laughs> malfunctioning you know? <laughs> it's okay. I like I had like such a morning um <laughs> that's okay yeah my week has been diff- it's it's a different week I'm not on my routine that I had been for like the last month so I'm like tired this week yeah. even just even if I'm doing less if it's different it's like that's so much more work to adjust to the changes so yeah. I'm just like tired <laughs> I feel that like go, go us for like showing up as ourselves and even like the hard parts. I think it's so important to kind of show that. And I guess it's kind of like something that would be interesting to talk about is like, how do you show up as yourself um, in these moments? What would you, what advice would you give? Yeah. For, I mean, first of all, I want to say it's hard. <laughs> you know that's um it's interesting because I think it just within the people you know my social circle I think uh when I started discovering that I was autistic I had friends or people I knew come to me and be like hey I think I'm autistic like can you help me or you know what do you have for me so I kind of like because I was outspoken about it I think I kind of became naturally just became like a resource which you know I love uh at the same time like um I think it you know I don't have it all together you know and I think like being a coach I sometimes feel that pressure of like hey I have to like know all the things and like have it together so I can like help other people but I don't and like I try to be really authentic about that like you know, I had, you know, two meltdowns last weekend and it was like really hard. So I'm like really tired this week, you know, and showing up as yourself, it's, there's just so much to it. There's like the unmasking aspect of it. There's who you feel safe and don't feel safe around. And, um, you know, I think it's, I just have to kind of remind myself almost that, showing up for myself is a gift to myself and a gift, really a gift to others that love me and accept me. And, you know, that's kind of how I've started to think of it. And I've, I still struggle with feeling a lot of shame, especially when I have like really big meltdowns. Like I really struggle with feeling shame and I have this like I have an urge to apologize. I have an urge to like, again, going back to that thought of like, I need to try harder to, you know, prevent this. And, you know, maybe there's some things I could do to help myself, but I really, 
I'm still struggling with that concept of shame and just a lot of ways related to being autistic. And I, I think that's part of showing up too, is like showing up as everything, right? Like your shame as well. Like, Hey, I, I know that I carry this and like, I kind of just knowing like, Hey, this, these are all the things that I'm working on and that's okay. I don't have to be here. I don't have to be there. This is where I'm at. And that's okay because I say so. <laughs> that's what really matters. And, you know, over the years, you know, I, I've been able to kind of cultivate this space with people around me that agree as well. And they want me to show up as myself too. And that is really having a support system is just, even when you kind of are feeling to do that for yourself, if someone else can do that for you, that can kind of motivate you or like make you feel more okay with what's going on. And so I would say my support system as well has been really helpful in um, allowing me to do that for myself. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, sharing shame is I think one of the strongest things we can do. It's also one of the most freeing things we can do. And yeah, thank you for bringing that up because, you know, it's through sharing our daily experiences that we connect. And just going off of that, like if you feel comfortable sharing, what kind of like things do you, you know, notice like before you have a meltdown or during? Um, because like even in myself, I'm still trying to learn that about me. Yeah. Um, so kind of as background, I have a really difficult time knowing my emotional experience, like my emotional state. I can identify like kind of extreme emotional states very well, like feeling very sad or very excited. But the in-between stuff, you know, years ago, even before I knew I was autistic, I remember sitting down with a therapist and telling them this, like, hey, I don't, there'd be like, how do you feel? And I'm like, I don't know, like happy, you know, like mad. And they gave me a list of emotions, like the different like spectrum of emotions. And I studied that thing. I like really used it. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. Like I'm learning emotions and that was really helpful. And to this day, it's still something I actively work on is just how do I feel, you know, and usually it's a whole process. And um, sometimes if I'm really struggling with it, a lot. Of, so I'll say this, a lot of my meltdowns come from either um, sensory overload or emotional overload or a combination of both. Those are kind of usually the big uh, you know, if that builds up, then I'm having a meltdown. Um, so with the having trouble with identifying emotions, um, if I feel too, like, confused or overloaded with those, uh, I'll probably have a meltdown. But then the kind of the thing is, like, if I do end up having a meltdown because of emotional overload, like, after I feel so much more clear and I'm like, oh, this is what's going on. Oh, I felt this way, you know, so I kind of 
sometimes I see meltdowns too as like my body's way of just processing. Same with like sensory overload. Like my body's just processing and that's what it does when I'm up here and there's just like no other way out. My body's processing that and um, I know that at the end of it, like it's really tough, but at the end of it, I'm going to be okay. So it's to answer your question, <laughs> kind of some things that I notice um, is I'm a very visual person. So like if I'm, let's say that I'm starting to feel a little like sensory overload, I kind of have this scenario in my head. And this is something I just discovered about myself, but I have this scenario in my head like, hey, how would I respond to um, like the microwave beeping right now? And I'll have like this visual, like microwave beeps. If I'm like fine with it, then it's like, okay, like I'm, I'm doing okay. But if I imagine myself like recoiling or having like an intense response to it or a crying or something, that's my signal that I'm like, hey, I'm kind of like going into this zone that, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I should probably try to do something here. Um, so that's interesting because I think that's how I process and understand my own emotions is like literally imagining myself in scenarios and same for emotional overload. It's like um, if I were to come home and, you know, my partner wanted to talk about something and would I be like, yeah, let's talk about it. Or would I be like, ah, you know, just like crying or something that probably means I don't have this. I'm at capacity. So, um, yeah, you know, things like that, you know, it's, it's interesting how like people can just have their different ways of understanding themselves. And, you know, I'm, I'm still discovering this about myself too, but yeah, that's one strategy that I use for myself. And, uh, yeah, just with meltdowns, just, I think in general, pretty similar to what other people experience, like, um, just being more sensitive to sensory input, um, having like wanting to escape is a really big one for me. Like having that urge of like, I want to physically run away, emotionally run away. I want to start my life over in a brand new city and, <laughs> You know, just like forget about everything, everyone, and just run away. That's usually like a telltale sign for me. Like, hey, we're in meltdown territory now, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I've figured out so far. Uh, but, you know, it's definitely an ongoing learning process. Thank you so much for sharing that and that I love the microwave scenario. I feel like that's such a useful tool that I'm going to implement into my daily life now. So thank you for that. Awesome. And I wanted to ask you about your career now in coaching. How did you get into coaching? What is your experience been like with that? Yeah, so after I kind of decided, you know, well, I got fired and then from there I kind of had a choice, right? Like, hey, do I continue in this career that I had already been debating for years? For years, I was like, I don't know if this is a good fit for me anymore. Like, I had a lot of kind of issues with it, which I which I do speak about as well. But um, I think that for me, that moment was 
a good reason to to leave. You know, I, I felt in that moment like, hey, this obviously isn't working anymore. I'm not into it anymore. And I took some time off. You know, like I said, I was deep in burnout. I was really just struggling to take care of myself, you know, um, just having a lot of meltdowns. So I took some time off and kind of started thinking about what does bring fulfillment in my life and what I could, you know, it, it turned into, hey, this is the only thing I've been doing for eight years to, oh my gosh, there's so many possibilities. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> um, so I, what I started doing is I started thinking about my skill set. And I know that I've always loved helping people. I'm, you know, I think I'm really good at one-on-one -on -one engagement. Um, I'm an empathic person. I'm also analytical. So I started thinking about different options and talking about them with people in my life. And, um, you know, kind of came to that scenario of like, hey, maybe I could keep, you know, helping autistic people and use my own experience and journey to relate to them and, you know, give support. And so that's kind of how I got into that was uh, just trying it. <laughs> and so once I started, I was like, this is, this is great. This is awesome. Like I love um, kind of building relationships with people and just kind of being authentic, just, just having another autistic person in your life can just make such a difference. And I know you two have talked about that a lot, how just being able to relate to each other and having someone that understands your experience can make such a difference. And even if I just, just show up as like, Hey, I'm an autistic person. I'm just going to like sit here and listen. I feel like that can help someone so much. And, um, you know, on top of that, I have a lot of, you know, I'm a research nerd, so I really love like learning new things. And, um, you know, I've done a lot of my own personal research on autism and have, you know, professional experience and all that. And, um, yeah, I just have found that it's uh, a good fit that uh, really amplifies my skills. And I don't feel drained by it, which I think is a big one. I actually feel like I have a coaching session and I'm like, hey, you know, that, that felt really nice. And, you know, oh, they're making progress here. And, um, you know, it, it even is like a coaching session for me almost because I'll be sitting there being like, hey, you have to like value yourself in this and that. And then at the end of it, I'll be like, yeah, I do. Like, that's a great reminder. Like, I should value myself more and be more accepting. And so, um, yeah, that's it's been really just like a really interesting thing to be able to do and be able to show. It's really neat to be able to like show up as myself and that to be something that helps someone, which is great. Definitely. I think, yeah, just showing up as yourself gives another person the motivation to do so as well. So I think that's really cool. Is there a way that I guess like our listeners could find you and also is there an age group that you work with and do you work with people online or in person? 
Sorry, I know that's a lot of questions, but I wanted to ask. <laughs> yeah, great question. So I do have a website. It's uh, You can find me at autisticfreedom.com. Uh, you can also email me, monica at autisticfreedom.com. Uh, yeah, just reach out to me either way. Um, I work with all ages, really. Uh, in regards to coaching, typically it's adults. Uh, we'll do one-on-one, um, and it's all virtual. I do remote um, so that I can just access more people. Uh, and I also uh, provide like caregiver consultations or just like even like if it's like a partner or spouse or something that wants to learn more about like supporting the autistic person in their life. Uh, I do that as well. And that can be like caregivers of, uh, you know, uh, kids, which I have a lot of experience working with kids, or it could be caregivers of autistic adults or, uh, you know, just anyone kind of wanting to learn more and wanting, you know, more support and learning how to like maybe understand or connect with the autistic person in their life. So uh, it really ranges. I also do a consultation for, um, you know, uh, therapists, clinicians, uh, pediatricians, things like that. So, um, you know, I do like speaking events. I've done speaking events at, uh, you know, therapy uh, with therapy providers, you know, just either like speech therapists, things like that. Um, I've also done speaking events for uh, the local like children's hospital, uh, preschools. Uh, you know, I'm doing a conference um, next week, uh, mainly geared towards parents, but we're going to be talking about autistic burnout. Uh, and then I have um, another speaking event for autistic adults. So, yeah, it kind of just a bunch of like advocacy uh, and just providing support really to anyone who wants it honestly. That's so awesome. When you were talking about kind of like your process or like what, you know, life events that kind of led you to coaching, that's kind of like where I'm at in my own life right now. I'm, you know, kind of like in burnout and I've been a public school teacher for the past seven years. And I love what you said about like, you know, like at first it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? But it's like, oh my gosh, like, what can I do? Like yeah. there's so many things. And like right now I'm, I guess I'm just like in the part of like feeling lost, but trying to find comfort in like being lost, you know? So that was so awesome to hear your take on that. Um, and then since we are the special interest podcast, I was wondering if you had like a fun fact or you wanted to like info dump about a special interest just to give you some space for that. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Well, if, you know, funny enough, my biggest special interest for like 10 years has been autism. <laughs> As soon as, like, I learned about autism, I was like, oh, what's that? Like, I want to learn more about it. And I've just been kind of an autism nerd for a long time. And, um, yeah, besides that, uh, I, I think a couple of things come to mind. I'm, I really love learning about um, uh, psychedelics in the therapeutic space. I think that's such an interesting kind of research area that's popping up again. Uh, and so I have a really, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I have a really, uh, my favorite book is How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. I read it like three times. <laughs> I'm reading it again. It's like on my shelf right now. But I think it's so interesting. I really love the, like, kind of the mystery behind it and just how it can be used to help people in such a way that's like minimal side effects, you know, um, kind of these, these like life-changing experiences that science doesn't yet understand. And I think that's so interesting. It's like, I, well, firstly, I love psychology and neurology and all of that stuff. Like that's my jam. Yeah, that's my jam. I love learning about the brain. Like I'm reading like three different books right now. I'm like, you know, the, the brain and stuff. And um, so, you know, the thought of this um, psychedelics entering like that space and actually being really effective and really promising. There's a lot of really solid, promising research on uh, using psychedelics within therapy. And that's just so exciting to me. Like for the last few years, I've just I mean, all of my friends are, know that I'm like, oh, yeah, psychedelics. Like, let me tell you about, like, oh, yeah, there's this, like, new research, like, University of San Francisco. And, um, yeah, so that's a really, like, big interest of mine that I I just, like, yeah, I love talking about it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that's, like, one of the big ones for me. Um, another one that's kind of like a like a really fun one is praying mantises <laughs> I love praying mantises yeah um, I had one as a pet a few years ago and I thought it was really cool how they like they catch their prey and you know I just like I would watch it eat they take like hours to eat and I would just like sit there and watch it and then what I really love about the whole process is that at the end they're like little cats they'll like lick their arms and wipe their faces but they're like this little bug and it's so cute. <laughs> so, yeah, I love praying mantises. I was, like, into bugs for a while, too. I had, like, uh, I think spiders are really cool as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, just kind of stuff like that. That Once you get me to, I mean, you can see, like, the joy on my face right now. I'm like, oh, yeah. Feel it. I can yeah. feel it through the screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, I, you know, love it. Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. So thank you so much for sharing about your special interests. I myself like was feeling the joy as you were talking about them. And I just wanted to say, I find it really fascinating about the psychedelics as well, because there's so much stigma and I would love to talk more about that with you. Maybe another time we could have you on the podcast again, or if you want to talk off air about that, I am very interested in your thoughts continuing on about that. And so to ask you um, a lot, the last couple of questions that we ask, what is some advice that you would give to somebody that's just discovering that they're autistic or maybe neurodivergent and on that self-discovery journey? Hmm. I would say if there's one piece of advice is, just try to be kind to yourself, you know, and again, that's really hard. It sounds a lot easier than it is, but 
I think really that's going to be foundational to starting out on that journey of self-discovery is especially when, you know, like we talked about, there may be a lot of shame associated with it or grief, just trying to be kind to yourself, maybe like you would to someone else going through a similar journey. Um, Yeah. And that's something that I had to learn too. You know, it's just being kind to myself, like showing up for myself as a kind person in my life that, you know, I needed at that time and, uh, and I still need. So yeah, I would say just at least if, if you can try to do that, you know, kind of figure out your own version of being kind or your own version of self-acceptance, I would say that's like the foundation. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, every time I like start beating myself up, I'm like, give yourself grace. Just give it to yeah. yourself. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and our last question for you is um, like, what's your, your favorite thing that you've learned about yourself lately? Like um, kind of like an autistic glimmer. Ooh, this is a fun question. My favorite thing that I've learned about myself Ah, it's it's so hard to answer because I feel like I'm learning so much about myself, you know, and there's like a lot of really interesting things about that. Um, I think one thing very pretty recently um, has been just how um, music is really important to me. And I've kind of used music as like a self-regulation tool. Um and, you know, I I tend to, like, listen to songs on repeat over and over and over, or, like, albums over and over, uh, especially there's this one musician I really like, and I just kind of just listen to them all the time. <laughs> I would say that's kind of maybe a special interest, too, but uh, just kind of the power of music in my life. And uh, it's interesting because I've been a musician for 15 years. You know, I, I write music and I just really love music. And, um, but I don't think I ever realized how impactful it is for me. Like it really can be like an emotional experience and, um, yeah, just learning that I've been able to use it more, you know, like just the other night I, um, had like, uh, tons of energy and I just like, I didn't really know what to do with myself. So I put on some music and just had like a dance party in my room, like in front of the mirror, just, you know, put some like cool, I have these like wavy lights that I like. And, you know, I just kind of needed that sensory input. Um, and music just really does it for me. It can either like help give me input or take me to a space where it's like the right kind of input that I need. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like something I'm, I maybe already knew, but I feel like I'm discovering it. How powerful that music, the medicine that it holds, the space that it can provide for you is so, so cool. Thank you for sharing that. And with that being said, Monica, we have now come to the end of the interview, but I'd like to offer you any last words that you'd like to provide to our listeners. Okay, some last words. 
And if you once again want to shout out your socials or how people can find you as well. Okay, I'll start with that. Yeah, I um, my Instagram is your autistic freedom. I don't post on it as often as I'd like, but when I feel like it, I do. <laughs> um, my website is autisticfreedom.com. Email is monica at autisticfreedom.com. And, you know, by the way, the reason I named it Autistic Freedom is because I that's something that I kind of wish for everyone is to kind of reach this state of authenticity, like being able to just show up as your autistic self and feeling like, to do that uh that's kind of my goal for the people that I work with so uh you can find me there I'm usually pretty responsive uh reach out to me if you're just like I do like a a free initial consultation so if you just like want to chat for 30 minutes and kind of see if we're a good fit or you just like need someone to talk to for a little bit we can do that as well and some last words you know, I think I just mainly want to talk about like this community that I've entered since discovering that I'm autistic. And, you know, I think your podcast is really awesome. It's really relatable. I think that's something that a lot of people need is just like, again, that authenticity, like I'm struggling or like, it's not all like, hey, like glimmers and peaches and stuff like that, you know. So just being real about it, I think being able to enter a community where there's so many people that are wanting to like welcome other people and share their own journey and share their own personal experiences. Because I think for a lot of autistic people, especially like if you don't know you're autistic for a very long time, you can feel really isolated, you know? And so just being able to like enter that community, I would really encourage people to, you know, listen to podcasts, to follow, you know, social media pages of uh, autistic people and just kind of to feel kind of like less alone and more understood. You know, that's something that's really helped me. And so I just want to say I do very much appreciate the work that y'all are doing because I it does really make a difference. You know, you're contributing to that uh, safe space that, you know, I think collectively we're all creating and, you know, that I I, I'm trying to, you know, be a part of as well. So, yeah, I just, you know, want to say thank you, really. And for people listening, um, you know, just, just keep doing that. And, you know, if you if you want to be a person, be a voice, like, go for it. You know, I think people want to hear people's experiences and want to connect and, you know, have that feeling of community. And, uh, you know, you're, whether you're just now discovering or you're questioning, like, feel free to join. <laughs> you know, I think we're, we're all like, happy to, you know, ex- expand this world that we have. And uh, yeah, so so thank you. Thank you for being a part of that. And we're so grateful for you, like, honestly, like talking about big emotions, like I am almost in tears right now, just because like, this community is so beautiful and like there are so many amazing people like Monica who are part of this community who are so welcoming and like we just all we want for each other is to I'm like crying right now (laughs) all we want for each other is just to live lives where we can be our freest most most authentic selves and gosh that is just like that's so beautiful I'm I'm crying (laughs) like it's just and I'm embracing that I'm crying (laughs) 
but yeah, thank you so much, Monica. This has been so special. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And, you know, yeah, I just, I'm excited for kind of where this is headed for the, uh, you know, autistic community and uh, just so many people that are just, we're eager. We're eager to be understood and accepted. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you so much. And we look forward to having you on again to talk about further about your experiences. Like we could just talk to you all day. I feel like there's so much that we could dive into. And I'm just so, yeah, so excited that we've met you and connected with you. And I'm excited for everyone to hear your voice. So thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. And we'll catch you next week with another new episode. Thank Bye. you. Bye.